Hi, this is Marnie. This is my podcast, Maxim and Marnie. And I'm hoping with this is to tell people stories from my church. Maxim is another word for truth. And I think exploring people's real stories and authentic selves and having them be vulnerable with us helps us relate more and grow closer together as a community. So I hope you'll come and give me a chance to share your story. Thanks. Hi, welcome to Maxim and Marnie. We have a new guest with us today, Mr. Tyler, the piano player at Celebration. Hello, Tyler. <laughs> hey, Tyler. Hi, hey, how Tyler. you guys doing? Introduce yourself. What is your first and last name? I actually don't. What's your middle name as well? Let's just My go name into is it. Tyler Thomas Henderson. TTH. TTH, yeah. Um, and where did you grow up? I don't really, this is exciting for the listeners and me because I get to meet you here. So I grew up here in Naperville. I've lived in the same house for 19 years. I um, actually lived like less than a mile. I grew up, the, the house that I was born in was less than a mile from the house that I live in now. So um, when I was four, almost five, we moved from that house to this house that I live in currently. I'm super bad at math. So how old are you? I'm 24. Actually, I'm 23. I turn 24 tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, happy birthday. Happy 23 and 364 days. <laughs> That's exciting. 24 is a big one. Um, and so what high school did you go to? I went to Matillo. We were one of those split families. So my older sister, Jordan, is two years older than me. So she went to Wabonzi for four years. And then when I started high school in 2009, Matillo was built. And so I went to Matillo and she went to Wabonzi. So we were one of those, uh, one of two two classes, I believe, that... The families had different kids at different schools. Um, And were you voted anything in high school or what was your persona or what was your um, character that people would say you were in high school? I, so I was completely different from when I started to when I ended. Okay. Freshman year. The first couple of years I was, I did baseball. I was into sports, but I was still in uh, choir and all these things. I didn't do any of the musicals or plays, but then that kind of switched junior year. I started doing the plays and the musicals, and I was doing everything in my in my senior year. And so, that became your love. Yeah. And when did you start playing piano? In college. Shut up! How are you so good? I practice, I guess. We had to take. That's two. so funny. I thought you were going to be like when I was five. No, no, I didn't take. I my my instrument growing up was guitar. So when I was in third grade, there was a the elementary school teacher had a beginning guitar class, and I picked it up really quickly and was one of the most advanced kids in fifth grade. And then just continued taking lessons with him throughout middle school and and then high school. It kind of fizzled out because I got into singing and and all that kind of stuff. But then in college, we had to take two years of piano. Where did you go to college? I went to Milliken University down I've in Decatur. I've heard of it. That's in Carthage College's conference, it which is. is where we went. Yeah. So how many kids go there? Roughly 2,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same as Carthage. Yeah. yeah. Super nice and sweet and smaller than the high schools here, but yep. I loved it. Did you love it? I did. Yeah. I loved the small school feel. Yes. And uh, how personable I could be with my teachers. A hundred percent. And they knew me and they could help me in ways that I feel like a big school wouldn't be. And what to. was your degree in? Music education with a so emphasis in vocal. Why you had to do two. Yes. And so what do you do now? I do a lot of things. So my degree is in vocal music education, um, but I'm, 
I'm teaching, but I'm not teaching. I don't teach at a traditional school school. Um, I did a couple of things at, at Wabanzi Valley High School my first year out. Um, but this year I am I'm teaching a an adult choir out of the Lyle Park District. It's called Take Note. It's my third year doing it. Um, it's a blast. I love it. It's only on Wednesdays. So um, that's one of the things that I do. Another thing I do is... I started this this year. It's a it's a combo show choir combo, and I'm the director of it. I'm the director of the show choir combo out of Crete Monet High School, and I just started that last week, and that's been going really well. So that is after school. It is yes, it is after school. Oh, fun! So, do you love high schoolers or do you love the adults? I love both. Yeah. I. Going into it, when I taught at Wabanzi, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, just the dynamic there wasn't a great fit for me. Um, so I felt kind of discouraged teaching in, in all aspects. But then I kind of I found these kids and kind of realized that all kids are not the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just kind of have to figure out where your best fit is. And so this is a really good fit for me. And is your dream to like make your own music? Performance, no, but I am a performer in a professional caroling group in during the winter time. Oh, does that compete with Chris Brown? Um, yeah. Oh, doctor. It's the same. Well, it's the it same. Compete. It's, the, it's like the a same real thing. White Sox yeah, yeah. versus the Cubs it's the up same. on the celebration stage. <laughs> no, like they're they're on the same team. Yeah, it's the same. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. But we, me and Chris, will never sing together in a gig because we're both the same voice part. So we could. But what, but what if we did? What if we just made that happen? Well, you'd have to talk to whoever books those gigs. Well, what about like up on celebration, like when you guys sing worship? Oh yeah, I mean we. Yeah. Oh, you mean like just the two of us? Like yeah, could you service? just do like a offering? We well, yeah we could. Yeah. We haven't thought about it, but. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. I think you should do. It. Um, who was your um, good friends when you were in elementary school? I grew up with, actually, I don't know any, I don't talk to or speak to any of the, my friends that were in elementary school. They okay. all just, they lived in my neighborhood and we would walk to school together and we would just hang out and then we grew up and we. we Everybody went their own ways. Yeah. And what about high school? Have you had any friendships from there that have been maintained? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. What about honest. college? Um, maybe one or two, but like nobody, well, not like someone that I would go out and hang out with because they all live in different cities. So from Millican, where did most of the students come from? They came from this area, but after they graduated, they moved to Chicago and they moved to Milwaukee or down. They stayed in Decatur or down in the Springfield or the, the, the St. Louis area. So none of them are kind of in this area. And I work so much that it's hard to get down there and with traffic and all that, it's it's difficult to find a time to get together. Right, the whole thing. Um, do you think you will live here for the rest of your life? No. Where do you want to move? I want to move to Colorado. I enjoy... Because you like weed? No. <laughs> no, I enjoy... I I like go, being outside. And I like skiing and snowboarding and... and uh, I love mountains, so, and I feel like going east to like that mountain range. I don't enjoy a, a, a really hot summer. 
Uh, the West Mountains are, I hate to judge the East Mountains versus the West Mountains, but I'm going to say the West Mountains are way, way prettier. The West ones? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, have you ever been to Banff, which is the Northern Colorado Rockies, like in Canada? No, I have not. I have not been to Colorado whatsoever. I've been to Canada, but that was like Niagara Falls. Wait, so can you say that you want to move somewhere if you've never been there? Yes. Yeah, I think you can. I think Colorado is safe. It's kind of like Newsies. Remember in Newsies, he had like this dream of Santa Fe. And he's like, I'm going to go to Santa Fe. And he sings about it. But had never been there. Right. Okay. I should write a song called Colorado. Yeah, you should. Um, I think it's a fair choice because I think it's a really beautiful part of our country. So I support this decision. Although this one time my girlfriend was on dating websites and she went out on a date with this guy. It was a coffee because she had learned her lesson. And she went out to coffee with this guy and he said, I am going to be a rock star. And she was like, that's awesome. I think that's a great goal. And she was like, so who do you play for? You know, what do you do? And he was like, oh. I've never played for anybody before. <laughs> she was like, check, please. I think that's slightly different than this scenario because I think Colorado yeah. is a safe bet. There's also a really strong performance uh, live music scene in Colorado. So I could definitely dabble in that. Same as Austin. Yeah. I feel yes. like that's all the rage yes. as well. Austin but is... But hot. Yes, Austin is really hot. Um, tell me about, so you grew up in a house with your parents who mm-hmm. I have seen at our church and then you said a sister and anyone else? That's it. Just the four of us. And where does your sister live now? She lives in Virginia Beach, Virginia. She just moved about a month ago. And what does she do? And, uh, she's, well, she has an education degree as well in music. Um, and so she was teaching here at West Aurora High School. And then when they moved out for her boyfriend's job, her boyfriend works at Top Golf. And he worked at the Top Golf here in Naperville, and got transferred. He got a promotion to the assistant facilities manager in Virginia Beach, which is why they went. And so she is, she she didn't have an opportunity to, because it just happened so quickly to get a teaching job out there. So she's just kind of looking around. Did yeah, your yeah, sister yeah. do band there or choir? She did choir. But like, she did this because I used to be in Aurora. So now mm. I got to ask you a question. Yeah. So then she took that gig after there was like a really traumatic event with a former band director there, right? It would have been before she was there. Yeah. She was only there for two years. Okay. Oh, the last two years then? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It was like super scandalous. Like, and it happened right when I got like eight years ago, probably, but it was bad and he lost his job. Yikes. Okay. Google that story. Yeah. Google that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fairly certain or i'm just starting rumors um so what was your parents and life like was your was it a quiet house was it a communication style of avoidance were you guys very confrontational tell me about that it was some of it was confrontational i feel like at least for me personally i have a hard time opening up and expressing my feelings to them personally I have an easier time expressing my feelings to other people. Um, so that has always been the case. Um, my mom has always been a question. She's always asking questions. She just wants to know what's up. She wants to know how I'm feeling. She wants to know what I'm doing. Um, and so my dad could care less. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he cares, but it's like she, she cares. Um, so we've always been like a super organized, neat, not neat freak, but like 
neat house and, and clean house and especially with what's happened in the last six years with me um especially then it's been a, even more of a an effort to keep things clean and to keep germs away and okay so please tell me what happened six years ago yeah so i started at millican Six years ago, yesterday, and then a month going in, September 18th, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a blood cancer. And I had to drop out of college for that semester, undergo chemo and radiation. And then I was, I went back to school three days after I finished treatment in, uh, in January of 2014. Went back to school, everything was good until September 18th, 2015. I was re-diagnosed with the same thing and then had a chemo, which was actually a fairly new type of chemo, which doesn't make your hair go away. It's every three weeks. It's called brentuximab, and it's essentially a, it keeps the cancer at bay until we can, you can do other things. So I did that and still was going to school. And then March 23rd of 2016, I went to Rush University and had a stem cell transplant. My sister was my donor, and I was in the hospital for 24 days, and now I'm back. And I, I think your transplant happened within the first six months of me being here. Um, so I remember us praying for you when it happened. I was but in the prayers for a lot of weeks. For a while. Uh, it's in the 2013 time, and especially in the 2015, 16 time. And then can you explain, because I think this is what's, how you and I have, and hanging out, how you've explained this, it's it's tricky to get, but with the, the transplant from your sister, what does that mean for you and your body? Because like the people listening can't see, but you already put in eye drops, for instance. Um, yeah. So like, it's not that you like weed and that your eyes are red, but um, can you explain kind of, the side effects right so so it's called graft versus host disease and you can get it in your body in m many different places i have it in my liver and my eyes so and, and the liver was just from turning 21 and drinking too much alcohol um so that's on me but the eye part i don't i don't have any tear ducts so i cannot cry so that means i i have to put in eye drops excessively because whenever i blink my upper lid is slowly cutting away at my eye. Oh, dear God. Which is, it sounds kind of gross. It sounds painful. But last year, last year, uh, like a year and a half ago, they, they put me on these uh, contacts. So they're, they're soft contacts. They don't help me see. I have 20-20 vision, but it's essentially a Band-Aid for my eye. So can they do anything to fix it permanently? Can yes. Can your sister give you her ducks? <laughs> no, <laughs> she can't do that. But it's I'm going to an eye doctor, and he's like the he is the graft versus host disease eye doctor in the country, maybe even the world. And let's he, say world. And okay, in the yeah. world, and he is doing everything in his power. Like I'm a part of. So a let's back up here because I don't know medical stuff. Yeah. So you got Hodgkin's and this is a cancer. Yes. Cancers. Yeah. And they attacked your body and you did chemo and it was horrible. Yes. And you felt sick all the time and yes. you threw up and it was horrible. Actually, and the worst the, part of that experience was what for you? The first time I had 
Chemo, I didn't throw up once. Diarrhea. Nope. No tummy stuff. Like I was, no. I mean, I was nauseous, but I never threw up. I was a part of that. I have to be strong. I have to do this. Like I have to be brave and all this stuff. And because you willed right, yourself to not I throw did. up. I did. Yeah. And it, and it it was maybe 30 minutes after I found out in 2013 that I was diagnosed. It was the it was the goal right then and there to graduate with my class because I had to drop out of school. I didn't know how much I, school I was going to miss. So within those four years, and then after being diagnosed again in 15, I was like, okay, I had this goal. I have yet another setback. I have to do this. I talk to my teachers and this was an instance that being at a small school really yes. helped yep because if i was at a big school they would be like okay this guy's not showing up we're not gonna right and spring break through the end of the school year my junior year i wasn't even on campus i was doing everything from a hospital i probably didn't deserve to be on the honor roll that semester but because of the connections that i had made with my teachers and all of that they they so let, they how let a lot of, they, the second, so you fought it, you got rid of it, then you go back a year later and they say you have it again. How low yeah. were you? Like, did you have to go on medicine to not like get depressed? No, I didn't. I don't, I've never dealt with any form of depression, anxiety. But what, you just felt like knocked back down again, I'm going to get back up. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's really resilience and grit. I think that's very admirable. So then you do you. that. Yeah. And then the next year you do the transplant. And so mm -hmm. what are you saying about this graphing and not the other thing that you said? The graft versus host disease. So you got this transplant from your sister and yeah. it helped your body fight against it. And so now you don't have any cancer in you. Correct. But Explain because your chromosomes. Of, but because of the transplant, you had this consequence to your body. Yes. So when you put, so, so stem cells are in your blood. So when they put the blood into me, my body says, oh my gosh, that's a foreign object. We need to attack. So the medicine that I'm taking still to this day is telling my body, hey, it's okay. We're going to accept this foreign object and it is eventually going to be a part of your own. Just like when you would get like a kidney transplant. They yes. say like, don't reject the ki the kidney. Yep. So you will have to take this medicine for the rest of your life? Not for the rest of my life, but for the probably the next five to 10 years. And then your body will say, this blood is now our blood. Mm -hmm. And once you go off that medicine, then the eye thing will go away? I'm hoping. I'm not really you sure. No, but that's why you have it currently is yep. okay, as a concept. And the liver thing, so you can't drink? I've been sober for over three, almost four years. Sober because you feel like you can't manage drinking alcohol appropriately or because of this medication? Because the, the, there's one liver number that is 100 points lever, higher than it should be, and it is consistently that high, and it, it's coming down slightly, but some of the things, I don't even know what I'm doing it, to make it go up or not. But, um, and but, so did you do drugs in college? recreational drugs not really no so do you feel like if you could do that legally you would want to like do that if people are partying yeah. so you don't feel out of it so you'd mm -hmm. be like i can't drink your beer but i'll smoke a joint well i can't so i can't do that either because one of my surgeries that i had they took away part of my lung and it's stitched together with sheepskin 
And so You're because like of that. You're like a medical miracle. I have asthma. I'm impressed with what he's been through. I have asthma because of that. Um, I don't use my inhaler ever, <laughs> but I have an anti-inflammatory inhaler that I use to just keep the inflammation down. Or, or think about like when we get wow. sick, Marnie. When we get sick, we just go home. Tyler, for I don't know, the time being at least, or the rest of your life, when you get sick, he goes to the hospital. So what were you saying about being so clean? Right. So the house has to be so clean right now because why? Well, it's, I mean, it's always, we've always been clean people, but especially we like to keep our house clean so that I don't get sick. Because when you get sick now, because of your body fighting against the blood, your immune system is just lower than other people, mm-hmm. so you would get hit harder. Yes. So do you shake hands with people? I do. I, it's, I, when I first started, I was like, I was like, no. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then people thought like it was me being rude. Mm-hmm. So there became a point where I was like, okay. She's going to deal with it. I'm going to shake their hand and then not touch any of my body. I'll just get sick and go to the hospital face. so I'm not seen as rude. Well, well just and, not and touch I've, your face, right? And then wash your hands after exactly. you're with Exactly. And people. I've, I've found that if I do that and I just keep it away from people and I go wash my hands, then I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> what a crazy life experience. So your yeah. college experience was certainly unique to not other people's mm-hmm. because you were battling for your flipping life yep. as opposed to like hooking up with people and getting drunk, yep. although a little bit getting drunk and then not so much. Yeah. yeah. Sophomore, um, sophomore year when I didn't have anything going on. That was a good time. That was a good year. That was a good run. <laughs> um, have you been in love? Yes. Yes. How many times? Tell us about the first time. Start there. The first time was in high school. Okay. My high school girlfriend of almost two years. Um, her name is Amanda. And Are we amicable? What does that mean? Are you friendly? Yes. Okay, she good. She is okay, the okay. only person, <laughs> only one of my ex-girlfriends that I will like talk to. Okay. And I even wrote an arrangement for her last year. Oh. So. so you ended on friendly terms and you loved her we all actually, the way. We ended on like, yeah, I guess it was friendly terms. It was like I graduated high school and then I thought that was the thing to do. You were supposed to break up with your high school yeah. girlfriend and yeah. then go to college and find the love of your life. Right. Like, that's what I thought right. was supposed to happen. Right. So I did that. Isn't it funny how sometimes we do something based on a truth that isn't even ours? Yep. Yeah. Um, and so you fell in love with her, mm-hmm. and then what? Then who? And then the other person, her name is Elena. I have a, a thing with A names, I guess. Yeah. Um, we met in my sophomore year, which is the... The good year. The good, the good year. run. Yeah. And I don't know, we just hit it off, and we had a lot of... The, she was a vocal music education major as well, so we had a lot of the same interests, and... She was friends with a lot of the same people in my fraternity, so she'd come over, she'd hang out in the house, and she was in the, she was in our sister sorority. It was destiny is what you're saying. Um, so, yeah. But that ended very bad. Broke and your heart. We don't talk to her. You don't speak of her. We mentioned her name, but we won't again. Yeah. Yes. And now, are you in a relationship with anyone? No, I'm not. No. Okay, so single and ready to mingle, church. Okay. Just sure. Put, and if there's an Ashley, we're open to that because A's. <laughs> or Abby. A names were drawn. Um, so growing up in, did you grow up going to church and participating in the youth group here and being active as like having a faith life here? 
I mean, yeah, I've been going to this church my entire life, and so has my dad, who's a lot older than me. <laughs> um, I participated in Surge, and then, well, I did, I did the um, Cerebim and Cherubim mm-hmm. choirs growing up, and then when Surge happened with um, Brad Crichton. Yes. He was my youth. Yes, leader. he was. He we used to have two. So we used to have a senior high leader and a junior high leader. And Brad Creighton was the junior high yes. leader for many, many years. When I first started mentoring, he was here and he was amazing. Yes. And that was during Pastor Tom. Yes. And uh, that was great. And then I remember. Well, this was when this building opened. I was in sixth grade. Oh wow. And the baseball team that I was on, the travel team, would practice in the gym. Oh, so it's like a full circle moment and, for yeah. you. Um. So any of the scuffs and little dents that you see in there, <laughs> probably from us. Yeah. Um, but then once Surge was over, I didn't do Ignition. I didn't do Eagle's Wings. Which that seems like such a natural fit for you. You know, in all honesty, my sister, and I've had conversations with Chris and, and Brian about this. My sister and I thought we were too good for it. Uh, okay. Which, thinking back... The youth auction that I, I helped out with, yes. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know if it was the same. It was. And, but, yeah, that would have been really fun. But don't you think now, like, I know you have, like, oh, man, that stinks. I wasn't a part of it. But at the same time, you had awesome experiences. And maybe you needed to have your group then so that way you could have your church now. Yeah. And I, I hope you could have had both. Like you could have had this awesome high school experience where you're singing and, and growing, but and then you come back. But at the same time, maybe it means more now to have never had that before because of how involved you are now. I think it's, it's cool too. I also think that because my sister and I went to Wabonzi and Mattia, we were like one of two people from that school that went to this church. Mm. So we weren't friends with any of the kids from North or Central. We didn't know them. So you didn't feel necessarily totally included. Exactly. Which now I feel like is kind of an advantage. I've watched the youth group play both ways. Um, One, where it's a safe haven for those kids, where even if it's only one from Niqua that's represented or from our little high school, Oswego East, we've had one or two. Um, But different years have been able to embrace that differently. Yeah, so I'm sorry that that wasn't there for you because you obviously would have been the star of the show. (laughs) Um, so what was your faith like then growing up in that and having that established for you as a young child, then to go through this enormous crisis of why me, where's God? I feel like a lot of people could do that with your experience with cancer at such a young age. So was that a part of that journey for you? Kind of. The first time being at home doing chemo and all that stuff, I would go to church with my parents and they would serve communion and, uh, I would hear my name in the prayers which was a little weird hearing mm-hmm. my own name. Um, and then also like being bald and being weak and just looking like a traditional cancer patient at church. After it was over, people, I just want to leave. And pe- my mom is just like this natural talker. So people would ask and I'd, they'd ask me about, or they'd ask them about me while I was there. It was like a very weird situation so in that aspect I really didn't want to go um and then 
like when I was at school, I wasn't at church. But then when I was diagnosed the second time, I decided to join a church choir at school, which was awesome. It wasn't the same denomination. It was Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. But we got to sing, and the message was very much the same. The layout of the way that church went was very different. They didn't. It was a very small church. It was probably about 50 people in the total congregation. And they didn't do communion, communion every week, and it was... We only sang one song. It was uh, a very different atmosphere than this. But it was a very essential at part of learning about the church and learning about what other people do outside these four walls. Mm-hmm. And it gave you a sense of reassurance. Yeah, it did. Of he hasn't left me. Yeah, it, it gave me a reason to wake up on Sunday morning. Because I would, I'd be waking up at like 11, 12, not really doing anything. But if I got up and I did something with the day, I could go home and I could... Sunday was normally a day that I did my laundry, I cleaned, I did my homework and all those things. And if I didn't have church to start out the day, even if I was a little tired, more tired than normal, I felt like I got more done by going there and hearing the message and being inspired by that that's so great um do you think in musical notes i thought that because i was just thinking like people who learn french and then they dream in french and then they say they really have it i was like i wonder if tyler since he's such a good musician dreams in music i didn't really know what that question meant when i read it but i don't think so nope like you don't dream in color you don't dream in song you don't dream in i just feel like you're so gifted at it i would think that you think differently than me i don't I don't dream. Like when I sleep, what? I mean I do. I don't remember them. Like I don't do I don't wake, wake up, up and, and yeah. when you wake up in the morning, do you brush your teeth or do you eat first? I brush my teeth. You brush your teeth well, with I, minty toothpaste and then you put food in your mouth. Yes, and I started doing that in college because you'd have to leave your dorm room with fresh breath and then you'd go eat before you'd walk out in the cafeteria. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, and then I'm, it just became a normal thing. Tyler, I want you to interview Marnie. Ask her all those same questions she just asked you. Like, do you dream in color? Do you dream in another language? <laughs> well, do you I dream at all? Well, I think sometimes when people are pregnant, they say you dream in color. I feel like I've heard pregnant people say that. Or the language thing. Like, my cousin Julie is really smart in music and in French, and she dreamt in French after she was there for a semester. Mm-hmm. And then they say, like, that is really in your soul. So maybe you well, need to... Well, I know to- French. So maybe. Bonjour. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Paulette en français class. I think that I just said my name was Paulette in French class. Yep. Oh. Mm, enchanté. <laughs> um, Can I go back to the previous question about go? faith? Um, would you be willing to share last year what we did with your... Yeah. Go for it. I'll so let you tell I'll, the story. I'll back up a little bit further with how I got reconnected with this church. So we're going back to the faith topic real quick. Thank yeah. you. There's a little bit more. So I got pneumonia. I got, uh, so last year in 2018, I got the flu in February, and then I got pneumonia in May. And then after I got the pneumonia in May, I was like, I need to change something because something is not working. So I decided to hit up Chris Brown and say, hey, I want to sing. He had been, in, throughout college, he had been, Asking my mom, my sister, and myself if we wanted to 
be in the celebration band. We really didn't know much about it, but we were just, we were so busy with all that was going on. We just, we didn't even look in to see what it was about. Um, but I said, I'm going to do something big. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out. I don't really do that. I don't really reach out to people. Um, so I did it. And then I started playing at the celebration band. And then I realized that this is where I should have been all along. Um, and I got reconnected with Chris. I got reconnected with Brian and that kind of sparked a new relationship and, and friendship. So a few months after that, was it? Oh no, it was in January, February. I no, it was in uh, November, October. It was cold. That's all I remember is it's when true. I got the text message. Yeah. It was colder weather. So I got my port out. It had been three years to the day I got it out, and I I had had it in for so long. I really didn't know what life was without it. And so this so, is like a needle hole inside correct. of your body by your chest because you just yes. pointed to your chest and it was there so that you could receive medicine without having to do like an IV. Correct. And so they just left it in you because you would go he and would get land medicine in the regularly. Hospital. For precautionary things or if I landed myself in the hospital, they would use that. For because that was probably likely because your immune system was yeah. so low. Okay. So then I got it out and I felt kind of lost without it. I didn't really know where I was going. So then I hit up Pastor Brian and said that I wanted to do something and memorialize it. And he said, I'm on board, let's do it. So I wrote out a little letter and um, we buried it. We buried the letter in Naperville, uh, downtown Naperville. We won't tell you the location, but I asked Tyler, I'm like, where's a place that's meaningful for you? Because you don't have that port anymore to remind you of that. But like, maybe there's a place that you could go and know that it's there and you could yourself just visit there if you need to reflect on what you've been through. Think about like how traumatizing that is from the age of 20, 20 or 23. Well, I was 18. No, 18. Year, yeah. yeah, like just insane 18. to go through that. That's not a typical journey uh, or to have those fears. And, and like, again, I think you're strong. I, you, like, how do you, how do you just push through that? Well, you did, but then you have this part of you that's now gone that helped you get through it. I wanted to like, where are you going to go, Tyler? So you could connect or you can thank God for the people that took care of you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was one of the coolest things I've ever I done. I think that's a really awesome thing that you did. What a neat way for closure and to not minimize the journey either. Mm hmm I haven't been back to visit it since we did, but I think knows? some of you know the where power to find it. I, yeah, is that I know it exactly exists. where it is. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think some of that's the power of it, right? Yeah, and it's also a place like if I move to a Colorado or a California, I can always go back and I'll have a place mm -hmm. to go here in Naperville. And then afterwards, because your parents were there, we went to Lanterns. The Lantern, yeah. <laughs> the Lantern. <laughs> they go. They go there all the time. Yep. They, they own the Lantern, even though they don't own it. Wait, your parents? Yeah, they're that like regulars. That is never what I would have guessed. Right. <laughs> they sat in, they sit in the front row, and I would say they look very. I, I'm making a judgment based on what they look like, but I would say kind of buttoned up, a little bit conservative, a little bit quieter. No. And so to hang out like at a local bar is a little surprising. No, they, they're they're with the people there. Everybody knows them. That's so the, really the, funny. The whole tradition happened about. Well, I'd say about. Um, well, it was during surge. So like sixth, seventh grade, we had to, the church told us 
not told us, but encouraged us to find a way to give back and help serve the church. So we chose to serve communion. That was our thing. We served communion. We didn't want to wake up on a Sunday morning to do that and get all dressed up. So we went to Saturday night church at five o'clock and we served communion. And then after we finished with the service, we all got in the car and we went to the lantern. The only place yeah, in Naperville so where you could get shots funny. of Malort, the lantern. I've been to the lantern. Shots of what? Malort. Shots of Malort. I you don't know, know about Malort saying. is? No, nope, I don't know what you're There's saying. There's a shirt that says, I've been Malorted at the Lantern. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Well, Marty, I have it. Is well, this a, is you this don't a really drink. liquor? Yes, yeah. it is. It's a brown liquor or a yeah, white? It's a brown, brown. Like so a whiskey or it's a It's a Chicago thing. Oh. Long story short, we're not going to go into this too far. Okay. But Malort was made by a guy that smokes cigars. And it is the worst tasting alcohol you'll ever have. And so like in Chicago, it's like the hipster thing that when you buy a Malort shot, not because you enjoy it, but because you're trying to be cool. And then you buy a shot for your bartender. And it's it's kind of like a rite of passage. Hmm. Yeah. I had it on my 21st birthday. Right. My birthday party last year. No, I thought it was delicious. <laughs> right. A lo- well, a lot of... No, you're, you're no, crazy. I, I had probably had a few before That's that. That's really funny. This is like the one shot that like you need a chaser, and it's just bad. I, I mean, like, all right, I'll tell you. I think it's a combination of, like, chalk and someone farted in your mouth <laughs> at the same time. That's and how bad it is. And you find that to be delectable, Yeah, Tyler, Tyler enjoys it. <laughs> I mean, after a few drinks, it was... Probably nice. Yeah. The worst thing I've ever tasted. Well, what a journey. Thank you so much for sharing this path that you have been on. So on a scale of one to ten, how much do you think of your mortality? Uh, zero. Huh. So this doesn't create like a bigger fear in you about, no. yeah, that's so amazing. Somebody else's mortality is coming because there's an ambulance <laughs> going by us. Um, I think of myself, and I've I said this a lot going through it, but I think of myself like a cat, because there had been instances throughout this journey, the six years that I have almost died. The first day of chemo that I had was eight hours long, and the last medicine that I had was a medicine that I actually was allergic to. Oh my gosh! And I didn't know it, but. The nurse, after starting it, she forgot to put something in the computer. And while she was typing, I had a, a, a reaction to it. And she said that if she had left the room, I probably would have died. So then she immediately put something in to counteract it. Or she stopped it, giving yeah, it to Yeah, she stopped you, giving then... it to me and she gave me a butt ton of Benadryl. Benadryl stuff. And I didn't go to sleep. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, like, like incredible, like how quickly that was caught. Yeah. On top I'm of like so taking glad- chemo, which is killing you. Like, yeah. Yes. I'm just so glad that like you have these scars and this path that you've lived, but you're still living a very free life. Like I, I feel like people could go through this and live a real heavy sense of themselves. And, and there, I'm just there is, there, there are people that do that right before my stem cell or right after my stem cell transplant. I went on this incredible week-long kayaking kayaking trip in Montana with a cancer group called First Descents. It's for young adults, 18 to 39, who have gone through some form of cancer or just traumatic um, incident. And talking with those people that are roughly around the same age as me, they are not in the same mindset as I was. 
So you in, would say you were atypical yeah. in that group. Yeah. Everyone else in that group was particularly very aware of the risk of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also there's an alumni page that I'm on Facebook, and there's hundreds of thousands of people that are in that page. And you, they post daily about how low they are, about how they're struggling and all the things that they still have to go through. So why do you think you are in such a different place? Like what about, what do you have? I don't know. I think that in college there was that, there was that drive to graduate. There was like that goal to, to accomplish Mm -hmm. essentially. So that always was in the back of my mind. Like I have to do this because I have to graduate with my class. I had to, the, the whole part was I have to seem normal, mm-hmm. which in reality, that's stupid. You don't want to be normal. You just want to be yourself. And yeah, go but on I your mean, own it path. made you, whatever that mentality was, it yeah. really made you fight and get through yeah. it. So I don't know. There was a lot of days where I was like, I just want to be normal. I just want to wake up and go to school. And yeah. I don't want to have to drive three hours to Rush University. Yeah. And then drive home the same day. That's fair. And miss class and all these things. But Right. What. So you said it during it. You said, like, it's not fair during it. In my it. head. Yeah. But, but then I didn't after. Show it. I didn't yeah. show it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just think it's so trite. But if you don't have your health. I mean, right. that's just everything. Yeah. So what an amazing thing. So um, you, where do you see yourself in five years besides Colorado? I really don't want you to leave because I, I really like you playing on our stage. I'm just saying. I really see, that's exactly too. what I thought. I'm like, it's a loss for us if you go somewhere that you've never been before. Right. So like, why don't just continue to help us grow and be better? Because we could use a person like you here because – we're not not everybody thinks like you or acts like you does that make sense yeah based off of everything that marty just laid out and i've definitely and we've had this conversation before why leave when everything if if i didn't grow up here i would move here in a heartbeat okay but because i lived here my entire life i need to look out somewhere else okay i also don't think there's an awesome dating scene here in naperville for like a 20 something year old yeah, and I don't for really someone know. who doesn't go to the bars and drink, <laughs> right? That's a that's a hard thing. Like, do you feel like people um, in social circles will ask you to drink, or it bugs them that you're not no. drinking? No, the people that I hang out with have known are me. Fully aware, they're fully aware. Yeah, they they offer, but they don't. Well, they offer when they're passing a joint, but they don't say like, "Oh, come on, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no peer pressure. Yeah. That's I just great. I say no, and they're like, "Okay, next person." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, in five years, where would you see yourself? Where would you like to grow? Or well, be? I definitely want to, and I didn't mention this when I told you what I what I did for a living. But I saw, I have my own writing and arranging business that I just do for my house. I write for show choirs and acapella groups across the country, in a bunch of different states, and I would love to grow that to a place where I could do that full time can you I've write us seen, a podcast theme um, song yeah i've seen pitch perfect so if you yeah. want to talk acapella i could jam with you i don't do much acapella i did a lot of acapella yet last year um but i've written 35 show choir songs this year 
original? No, not original. No, arrangements so, for arrangements. show choir. So like a mashup. Some are. Mashup is a collection of two songs put into one. Okay. Or two or more. But most of them is just like one song. And you, what do you mean you're arranging then? Like you're saying this is what the, um, wait, wait for it, altos are going to sing? Yes. This is what the sopranos are going to sing? Exactly. So Look I, I listen. talk in the biz. <laughs> you're listen- Aka awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. You're Aka rocking. I listen to a piece of music and I can figure out how to play it in about two minutes. See, again, this is why I think maybe you dream in notes and maybe you don't know that you dream in notes because you don't remember your dreams. That's true. <laughs> and I learned something about that in psychology in high school about how if you remember your dreams, you're weird. Like well, that I was something that. Welcome to the club, Marty. <laughs> I'm in it too. Um, was, did you know Mike Kramer? That name sounds really. F- <laughs> so when I started, I just got attacked by a bug. Uh, Pastor Brian just killed the bug. Is it on my um, head? No. no. Okay. So Mike Kramer played a 7:47 Sunday night worship service, um, and he was kind of like a musical prodigy. And now he's in California, and he composes. And maybe he also arranges. I can't speak to that. Um, music. Uh, like he did the Ninjago theme song. Lego movie. Uh, Lego oh, movie wow. I think he's worked on. That's awesome. But he was here and he, I feel like you guys are similar in that way. That name sounds. <laughs> he had to have been either right after you started. That name or, sounds yeah, really familiar. Because for sure he was around when Brad Creighton was working. In okay. the, yeah. But it was, bef- well, he worked with Chris Brown, but was Chris Brown before? Got it. Christmas. Okay. Wasn't that? No, that wasn't Mike Kramer. Never mind. That's somebody else. He, Mike didn't work here. He just played. The 747, so I don't know what it means by worked here or didn't work here. No, no. When did we have a service at 747? It was like right after our youth group. And so right. then they would go and have this worship service. On um, Sundays? Yeah. At 747. I think it's an awesome idea that we I should didn't know bring that. back. Yeah, it was really rad. The kids loved it. and A lot um, of videos. It was led. Have you seen them? Well, yeah. Ah. They're still they're on YouTube if you want to go and find oh, really? like oh, our Savior's Lutheran Church. So like, you, you can, can find see some Mike of them. Kramer but if not, they're all in our church's Dropbox. I have access to all of them. Yeah, it was really special. And Dave Hammond uh, wrote a sermon there for 747. Yeah, they would do That's like kind of testimonial. Oh my gosh, um, it's amazing. They would invite different people to do that. Um, Different pastors would come and preach, but it was very, it was a very different way to preach. It was more storytelling. It was more personal sharing. It was more intimate. It was more, uh, it was just a little more earthy, a little bit more grounded. Tyler's um, story would be perfect for this. Exactly what it would be. And I remember when I started there, everybody was a Twitter about Dan Burns, Dan Burns. He's been away to college. He's a freshman at Valpo, but he was the coolest guy ever. And I was like, who is this Dan Burns? He's just a freshman. You know, what's the big story? And then he came back, I think around Christmas and he did a puppet show. And I literally was like, Oh, I get it. Dan Burns is sort of amazing. Even at 18, he was just epic even then. So that was kind of during that season because you had okay. to have known Dan Burns. Yeah. Because he then Quit started calling him leading. Dan Burns. That's really bothering me. It's Dan Burns. Dan Burns. No S. Dan Burns. <laughs> because Burns is the media clipping thing. Burns. Mr. Burns? I don't know. Okay. Dan Burns. Dan Burns. Dan Burns. Um, anyways. I went to Valpo Is with there him, so. anything I'm missing about your story that you would like to share with our community before we wrap up? 
Anything exciting? Do you like blondes, brunettes? What's your favorite movie? I like Blue Eyes. Blue Eyes. Okay. Piercingly um, crystal blue eyes. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Uh, probably Kill Bill. <laughs> One or two. We're just all together. With Uma. Just all together. So you're a yeah, Quentin Uma. fan. I'm a Quentin fan. Oh, okay. Um, favorite like musical? She's pretty. Yeah. Um, blue eyes. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite musical person? Seeing as how that's your passion. My, my favorite. Um, right now, it's Billie Eilish. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. She also has blue eyes. Yeah, and she's very pop. But name a song. Uh, right now, I'm to listening reference. to um, Ocean Eyes, which is a reference to Blue Eyes. This is just all very full circle. Um, her, her, her debut album called When We All Die, Where Do We Go is amazing. Okay, well, you've heard it here um, probably a hundredth in the list of where people have mentioned that album. <laughs> but it's the first time I've heard of it, so thanks, Tyler. It's very, uh, it's it's not your upbeat jams. It's your somber. Melancholy. Exactly. Thinker. Yep. Dwell in it. And for me as a music person, the chord structures and just the music theory is just phenomenal. Fancy talk, fancy talk. It feeds you. It does, and I, I, I know a lot of, I know how to play a lot of her songs. Yeah, maybe, maybe an offering. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else, Pastor Ryan? No, actually, you tackled everything that I was really hoping Tyler shared because it's, it's a, I think an incredible story for as few years as you've had on this planet that like we've not experienced that, Marnie. Don't so. wanna. No, it, but while but, I was growing up, I was like, I don't really know anyone that's battled cancer or like anything traumatic, except for like my grandfather died from leukemia when I was in fifth grade. Like I really didn't know anyone or nor know anything about cancer. Have you done Twenty Three and Me? It. No. You should totally do that. I did it. That means you're just giving all your I stuff have to, do it to the. Don't tomorrow. be a cynic. It's interesting. Do it. You do your spit, and then it tells you like. But you're it's not more his chromosomes to do anymore. Vanilla. Oh, it yeah, that was you. the one thing that we never said. Yeah, because go of, for it. Because What's your of, chromosome? Because of the stem cell transplant, my my sister is a girl. Obviously, she's XX chromosomes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think so. so. Now I have her immune system. I have XX chromosomes. He doesn't but, have. But like you're also. Like I'm a guy, but I. His body is. Because not your his body, chromosomes but his blood are is, in your blood. Yeah. But if you spit, would your chromosomes be I that? I don't know. That's why we should do. I, that's why you no, need no, no. to do your, it. Your DNA, your DNA has chromosomes in each strand, like so. It, and that's what Twenty Three and Me does. You need to do it stat. I'll do it for four times. I think it'd be really it'd be confusing. Twenty Four and Me. Because you'll be twenty four. Ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, do it because I think it would be joke. fascinating. Because yeah. it, yeah. it might be an error, though. Like it, it won't work. No, I think it'll work. You know, maybe Let's that was it. just like a myth that a nurse told me. Ever no? since you told me that, I'm like mind blown. Yeah, I don't really get Cause it. Because your blood, your what? what it his body change is going... your chromosomal makeup. I think it's just an adding into you, right? But then your blood's becoming a mashup. Just like your arrangements. Yeah. Full circle. Solid. Solid work, Marnie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Thank You're you welcome. so much. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. We'll be back soon. Yeah, I hope so. If you want to be on, let us know. All right. Okay, bye. Bye.